0: Okie dokie, schmokey. Um, let's read Genesis to pick up from the other day where we left off with atonement. And we know that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael were atoned for in that furnace, that fiery furnace of thousands of degrees. Uh, we know they had to have an atonement because they were protected from the fire. So, um, Chapter seven, actually, real quick in the Noah story, I wanted to make mention of chapter seven and verse one. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Well, if you skip back up to verse nine of chapter six, Listen to what the author of Genesis says about Noah in chapter six, verse nine. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. So does that mean Noah was out without sin? Uh, no, It can't mean that because the Bible tells us there was only one without sin. Um, I'm sorry to our Catholic brothers and sisters who venerate Mary and say, Mary never sinned, it just isn't true. Um, Holy Mary, mother of God, I understand that a woman that was so chosen by God because of her piety, that she could give birth to the Messiah, to the expression of God in physical form, you may want to say, wow, she was really deserving. I don't think she really was. I think she was a 13, 14 year old girl who was just a normal 13, 14 year old Jewish girl. Um, And God said, you, you'll work perfectly, but not because she was sinless or somehow some saint or super holy person. So again, Noah, he's described as a righteous man, blameless in his generation. So what does that mean? How were Noah, his wife, his sons and his son's wife, wives, how were they saved if only Noah was found perfect? Because again, There's Mrs. Noah right there and Ham, Shem, and Japheth and possibly their wives, um, either current or future. None of them were found blameless in their generation, only Noah. And the Torah goes at length to describe that only Noah was found righteous in his generation. So how did the others get saved? And this is the first time, obviously we're in Genesis, this is the first time that we sort of see this salvation by proxy. Proxy meaning proximity, closeness. You're saved because you're close to the one who I'm saving. Has anybody ever read in the letters of Paul where it talks about women will be saved through childbirth? Have you ever read that? Oh my goodness. And there's also scriptures about a husband being saved because of his wife's uh, faith. You can look this up. I'm not kidding you. So we see it in Genesis and then we see it again reflected even in Paul's writings that there will be um, some people that will be found to be righteous because of the person that they are joined to their righteousness like shines on them. I know it's crazy. Okay. Um, let's go now to chapter nine. We're going to skip through Genesis. Uh, Okay, good. Chapter 9, verse 20 and following. Or let's go to 18 just to get some some context. Noah's descendants, the sons of Noah, who went forth from the ark, were Shem. His name means name. Ham, the people. And Japheth, enlarged. May he... Uh, expanded as in territory. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Verse 20 Noah began to be a man of the Adama. Now, this is interesting. Noah began to be an Adam of the Adama. Is that familiar? Yeah, that's where Adam was. Adam was an Adam from the Adama from the soil. Noah began to be an Adam from Adama. Yes. Yes. He began to be a man of the ground. Now that's a play on words. Was he from the ground or was he of the ground like a farmer is? A man of the soil. The answer? Yes. He's a he's both. And, and I think the way the wording is, is we're supposed to go, wait a minute. This is a lot like Adam. The wording's exactly the same. So he began to be a man of the soil or a farmer and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward. They did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. But blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. May God, Japheth, Japheth, may God enlarge, enlarger. His name meant enlarge. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. Man, poor Canaan. First of all, even before we are told anything else about Ham, Shem, and Japheth, we're told that, oh, Ham is the father of Canaan, by the way. Okay. Uh, and this is, this is when all the people were dispersed. All right. Noah began to be, well, kind of like Adam. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I think it's a good thing because what was Adam told to do by God? What was his number one job when God said, all right. I'm, I've, I found you. I'm going to hire you. You're going to be my main guy. All right. Here's your job. Ready? What was his job? Huh? Name all the animals. All the animals. That was one of the jobs. But God gave him an overarching job that, that was to span his whole existence. Yes. I want you to dominate the earth. That didn't mean rule with an iron fist. Dominos. Dominos. In the year of our Lord, Domini, that just means Lord be Lord of the earth. Lord over the earth, take care of my creation, Adam. So Adam says, okay. So what does he do? He starts being a man of the soil. Noah's doing the same thing. He's taking care of the creation, planting, watering, harvesting, planting, watering, harvesting. So he plants a vineyard. I don't think that that verse 20 and 21 happened in, quick succession. He planted a vineyard and then drank some of the wine. Like that was months, right? Maybe a year or more. Then he harvested the first harvest, squished out just like me the other day. I stepped on a grape and it let out a little wine. All right. Sorry. So he's squishing the grapes and then he's getting the, the grape juice and he's letting it ferment and the sugar and all the process and it turns into wine and he drinks it gets drunk as a skunk. I love how the Bible does not clean up our character's behavior, which should give us hope when our behavior is less than exemplary. It's okay. God uses people that screw up all the time. Noses, Noses. (laughs) Noah gets plastered, takes off all his clothes for some reason, and he's laying in his bedroom, stark naked. Now is when the story, and if that's not weird enough, (laughs) I guess he didn't know what he was doing because he was drunk. So he starts taking off clothes. Then Ham goes in. He sees dad naked, goes out and tells his brothers, Hey guys, dad's naked. And the brothers do something very weird. They both grab a blanket, put it on their shoulder, then the other brother stands here and puts the blanket on his shoulder and they walk backwards and they are not looking. And the Torah goes to great lengths to make sure that we know they walked backwards. They didn't look. They didn't even see out of the corner of their eye. They did not look at their father's nakedness. It's like, okay, we get it. And the blanket and they covered and they laid him and all this stuff. And it's like, What's the big deal? Then Noah awakes from his, from his wine. And again, I think there's a long space personally, and I agree with the scholars, between he awoke from his wine and he yada what his younger son had done to him. What's that yada mean? He knew. What does to know mean in Hebrew? It doesn't just mean cerebral cognitive it means to experience. He experienced through that kind of knowledge what his son had done to him. I'm thinking, get over it, Noah. You're the one that went and got drunk and got all naked and your son walks in and says, hey, daddy, and, oh boy. <laughs> okay, didn't need to see that. I can't unsee that one, Noah. So then he goes out and tells the brothers. And then Noah awakes from his wine and says, what have you done? I'm sorry, dad. Just, you were just, Kind of laying there. So if you're not confused, you should be, because this is weird. There's got to be more to the story. And I think there is. Since when does God punish the children for the crimes of the Father? Check out Ezekiel 18 and verse 20. Somebody else, Deuteronomy 24:16. Ezekiel eighteen, verse twenty. Would you read that in a nice, loud, clear voice? And then someone else. Deuteronomy twenty four sixteen. The soul who sins, and the one who will die, the son will not share the guilt of the father, nor will the father share the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous man will be credited to him, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against him. Okay. This is coming from the mind of God. Let each one be responsible for his own sin or his own righteousness. The child will not share in the father's punishment nor will the father share in the child's punishment. In other words, each person's wrong is ascribed to him. That comes from God. That comes from God's nature. Thank God because in order to declare that, I am sure that people in other societies had to have thought at some time, let's punish the child for the crimes of the father. The father fled, maybe he's a fugitive and we can't find him, but justice needs to be done. So you know what we'll do? We'll get his family and we'll kill his children as some sort of justice. Oh, (laughs) what am I talking? I'm talking about abortion. Oh my gosh. Let's just punish the child for the crime of the father, Right? in cases of rape, which is a terrible argument by the way, or cases of incest, as if it's the child's fault for what the parents did. God never allowed that, yet we pass laws that say this is absolutely good to do. So again, the Bible speaks even into 2019 and says you've got it wrong. So if God does not punish the children for the crimes of the father, should we? No way. All right. So, why does Noah learn what Ham did to him and then curse Ham's kid, Canaan? Which is completely the opposite. Of course, there's no Torah when Noah is here, right? Because the Torah comes after Noah. But, why does Noah get up and curse his own grandkid? Something weird is happening. Let's let the Torah shed light on the Torah, and I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised at how the Torah can speak for itself. Turn to Leviticus 18, everybody. Turn to Leviticus 18. How would he even know that, that he went in there? He was drunk. <laughs> Good question, Michaela. That's straight out of God's heart. How would he even know if he was drunk and passed out, right? So this has to be a different kind of knowledge. And I think this is why the Hebrew uh, understanding of knowledge is so important. And I'll tell you what, it blesses my soul to know that my God doesn't just choose to know what's going to happen to me. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Yes, I decided that and I knew that. But my God wants to experience my life with me. So that idea of experiential knowledge is so vastly important because Noah is going to get up and he's going to have experiential knowledge. Not just, hey, the nanny cam showed that you came in and saw me naked. The nanny cam, you know, your little belly button and a panda bear sitting on the shelf. Nanny cam. Jordan. That, like, why would it matter that he, like, if it wasn't his fault? Like he walked in, Oh gosh. Like, right, exactly. Like, I didn't mean to. Like It wasn't his fault. So this is where... You guys start to pick up that baton of the previous occupants of God's society and say, I, I know I'm only sixteen. I I may only be seventeen, or I'm I'm just eighteen, but you can pick up that baton and God fully expects you to and say, Okay, I'm going to learn to I'm gonna learn who God is, not only for me, but because I wanna teach my children. And I think you start now. So when you come across a scripture that you're reading, that is this weird, I do think it's your responsibility to say, stop, wait a minute. What the heck's going on here? This is nuts. It's not fair. It's contradictory to other verses, which I know the Bible doesn't contradict itself. So plus, how would he know? There are no nanny cams back then. Um, Did God tell him? Why, 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 what? All these questions. Yes. Brothers could have told Noah, but I'm telling you, I'm not sure anybody would have had to tell Noah. I think it would have been completely obvious to everybody exactly what Ham did. And I'll tell you why. Turn to Leviticus 18. What is the name of the. This is probably one time when I'm actually glad that somebody put the chapter heading title for us here in the Bible. Normally I hate those things and they're terrible. What does this one say? Unlawful sexual, unlawful sexual relations. Give me the Hebrew translation of unlawful. Because that's English. What would the Torah say? I'm sorry. I'm not asking that very well. I can tell I'm not asking it well. English translation is unlawful. What's the law? No. Oh. Well, mine says prohibited what pagan practices. oh, see. Law the law of sexual immorality. What is the law in Hebrew? What's the word for law? Torah. So, really, this is um, relations the Torah does not permit. Torah is against these kinds of relations. And then you start with verse one and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, say to them, I am vav Vavhe, your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt, where you lived. And you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. Well, what do they do? You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules, keep my statutes, walk in them. I am Yahweh, your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live By them, I am Yahweh. Verse six, none of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am God. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. Wait, read it again. Do not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She's your mother. Do not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It's your father's nakedness. What's the chapter heading of this section? Unlawful sexual unions. I don't either.